Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Michelle Valenzuela Wolf. She is the founder and owner of Empower Purpose, based in Los Angeles, California. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much, Brad. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a bit about your story and your journey and for being becoming part of the Empowerography community. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you having me. This is a great opportunity uh, for us to shed more light for women. So this is amazing. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you for doing this. So as mentioned, you are the founder and owner of Empower Purpose. You are a certified coach. You are a podcast host of the podcast Opportunity Knocks. You've worked in the marketing world. You're a certified Reiki master, meditation and yoga teacher. You have a BA in psychology. You also lead a team of over 100 consultants at Beauty Counter. That is one hell of a resume you have there. How do you make and find the time to fit all of that in? Mm, that's a great question. And I'm so young. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't you know I that? love it. Um, We're only I- as old as we feel, right? Exactly. It's so true. I've, I've used that line for, for quite a while, but uh, how do I fit it in? You know, I'm really big on structure and um, to note also, I am a mother of three girls. So my life is very full. And in fact, actually, I find that those who have a lot on their plate tend to be the most productive people. And I, um, I love structure. I live by it. So that's really, you know, the way I get it all done. And I'm a lifelong learner. So in which case I constantly, when opportunities are presented to me, I, you know, like this, for example, when this came forward, it's like, you know, what a great opportunity to, first of all, how amazing is it that it's a man who's doing this podcast, (laughs) Thank you. but an opportunity to learn more about somebody else and to find more light for women. Well, as your podcast title dictates opportunity knocks, Mm -hmm. there you go. Very clever name. Thank you. I love naming. (laughs) How long ago did you found and start Empower? And can you tell us a bit about what Empower is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So I started Empower about four years ago. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the idea was incubated for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. I had transitioned out of the corporate world into leadership training and coaching. And from there, started my first women's group about 10 years ago now. And really tried a lot of these modalities because everything I do is from an experiential um, perspective. We Uh do a lot of mind work and then we ground it in experience. And because that's the way the mind basically receives all the information best. And so I incubated the idea for nine years. And then during that time, my 
mom got really ill and with Alzheimer's and I really had to make the choice. Like, do I want to play small and really continue to just keep, you know, doing one-on-one coaching, doing some workshops, doing some corporate stuff, plus like just running this one group, or do I really try to take my idea big? And I chose to step in and really test it out in probably one of the hardest markets in Los Angeles, because let's face it, they can go to celebrity coaches or (laughs) gurus. And, you know, it was, it's been such a rewarding experience. And I think one of the things you asked about specifically is what is Empower about? We're an integrated wellness and business community. There's not a lot of communities like that out there that focus on both modalities. Yeah, it's one or the other typically, right? Yeah, exactly. It's usually that you have a coach that's an executive coach, which I've done executive coaching, or you have more of the kind of a woo-woo type of coach or life coach only. And that goes back into, you know, I'm a really spiritual being. And it's something that I, I, I again, believe that when we coach people, it's not merely just about them getting to the next job. It's really about how do they become more whole. And that really happens through all these different modalities. Excellent. How did you come up with the name? Oh gosh. So just like I was just saying to you, I'm a big I, I, so the marketer in me, which never left, I never left the corporate world because I didn't love marketing. I was actually looking for more balance in my life. And um, I was traveling crazy, crazy business trips around the world, but, and loved it. But um, knowing that I wanted to have a family, I was stepping into something different, but the naming process is something that I I've always loved. It's actually quite a challenge for me. It's like one of those things. Well, you know, it's it's one thing to come up with an amazing name, but as we know nowadays, it's like, well, this is the domain name available. Is the Instagram name available? Is it this? Is it that? So just as when I launched what originally my original coaching company was called targeted transitions. And when I launched that company, I held a small brainstorm with a group of people that I like to call my personal board. And I highly recommend that for anybody who's looking to start any kind of business. Uh-huh. I, I recommend developing a personal board of people who have all different types of skill sets that help you in areas that maybe offset you as a person, right? Because right? we're not always good at everything. And so I gathered this board together and we truly held a brainstorm in my uh, living room. And we came up with all the different words that resonated for me that, again, a part of who I am as a coach is really around values and who we are as a person at our core and how we make choice and what brings us fulfillment. And, you know, through this naming process, we really also were just defining who I am as a person, right? right? And so, because many coaches just use their name, right? But for me, it was important it was never just about me. It was actually about this collective, this bigger Mm -hmm. body. And interestingly enough, Brad, I just relaunched our website or my website, I should say, see, I always use the word hour. (laughs) (laughs) And um, because I was always used to working in big teams. And it's funny, my, the woman who was, you know, working with me, she said, why on your original website is everything we, 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 and I said, you know, it's funny because everything for me is about like a bigger purpose. It's not just about me. It's how are we moving together, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. So that's, that's a long way of saying uh, we developed a brainstorm and through the brainstorm identified who I was and what was important to me and my core values. So did targeted transitions, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, transition into empower or is targeted transition still a separate entity? It transitioned into empower. So when I first became a coach to clarify, I moved into coaching from the corporate world through the academic route. So I worked at UCLA and USC's business school in their career center. And I did that purposely to actually test my skill set to see whether or not I really wanted to enter into this arena. So I worked with a coach when I was resigning from the corporate world and I was actually working at Disney as a consultant. Okay. And my coach at the time said to me, have you ever, I I literally was the busiest consultant because I was networking all the time. And, and I, I suddenly stopped and I just was like, what do I really want? Like, I mean, there's all these amazing opportunities coming my way, but I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And same time, by the way, was looking to get pregnant with my first child. And so I knew I was trying to slow down, which is very hard for me (laughs) and very, and my coach said to me at the time, have you ever thought about coaching? And at the time, the, and it still pretty much is, it's way more solidified than it used to be, but it was a very fragmented industry. And I was like, what's coaching? Like, you mean like an athletic coach? You know? <laughs> I don't get it, you know? And yeah. so she said, no, like you really help people get to your goals. I think you'd be so good at it. And I said, you know, I don't know. I like a product, you know? Yeah. And anyways, the long and short is a friend of mine that I used to work with at Mattel recommended me to go and meet with his friend at USC's business school. And that's how I ended up landing the job at USC. So I went from career coaching to executive coaching and in doing so my like basically USC paid for my coaching certification. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was part of my negotiation. Right. With like, you know, I'm taking a pay cut. Like, would you offset my pay by yeah. actually paying for this? And, you know, I actually love the negotiation process. So that uh, worked out very well for me. So yeah, it morphed into it because again, it coaching, the coaching process for me or a being a business owner has been an evolution of owning myself. Right. So the spiritual component of me has always been there. But when I first became a coach, I wanted to make it clear that I was an executive coach, you know? Yeah. And you know, it was almost people would say, well, are you a life coach? Like, what does that mean? And I was like, no, I do executive coaching. Cause I think I was still really relying. My ego was relying on the corporate world, the names of the companies I worked with. And now it's much more about owning me and the spiritual component of me is such a huge part of the overall evolution of the coaching process and what I bring to my clients. Excellent. Now, you said it's your passion to bring your wisdom to future generations of women. Why have you decided to focus on this and why have you made this your passion? Why is this so personally important to you, Michelle? 
Thank you so much for asking. I think that's an amazing question. So for me, first of all, I have, as you could tell, just even from my, the language or the way I talk, like I am just a very passionate person. So I think it was interesting conversation going back to the naming process, right? Yeah. That when we decided or when I decided to choose the name Empower Her, I was concerned that I would be alienating a whole audience of men and I never had problems with men. Like I loved working with men. I I was not the woman that if there was a strong man at the tops, you know, leading the meeting that I couldn't raise my hand and, you know, speak up for them. Yeah. So I was concerned that I actually might be alienating especially because this like around the time I launched the me too movement became very you know vocal Mm -hmm. and so people I'm not a I'm super fem I'm a feminist but I'm not a staunch feminist you know and in addition difference for sure for sure yeah and so really what it was about was looking at the audience and the demographic of, of women as a whole And reminding myself that in the corporate world, that so many women don't choose to voice their opinion, don't choose to to demand a seat at the table, or don't choose to ask for more. Like the simple conversation that we were just having around when I negotiated my, um, my pay at USC's business school you know, there's a certain grade, pay grade to work in academia. It's not the same as the corporate world. Right. And I was very clear to say, like, you know, I know my value. And I think that if you're, if I'm going to take a pay cut, then you can offset my pay cut by paying for my coaching certification, because that's valued at this price. See where I think a lot of women, not to, sorry to interrupt, but I think a lot of women would have just accepted that and kind of not stuck up for themselves and not thought to do that. Right. Yes. I I think, I think, you know, one of the things about me, you're absolutely right. Is that it was very clear for me when I knew it was time to step out of the corporate world, because, you know, we're all born with certain character traits, personality traits, things that drive us. I've always been a super determined person. So my pedigree, say, for example, on paper for a lot of the companies that I've worked at, you know, almost everybody that I was around, I was probably the last generation that didn't get an MBA. Right. Right. But, you know, I had a choice. Do I stay working and continue growing or do I go and get my MBA? Right. And I think that I've always been somebody that has been like, well, I'm valuable. Like, it's like, know your worth. Yeah. No, like we're the, and it's not to say that there's not times that I'm not confident for sure. Like, you know, we all go through that. Totally. Like, you know, it's not to say that, like, I don't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure if this is right. Or if I'm, you know, there's certainly, I remember going to Mattel and calling my sister and saying, I don't know, everybody's so bright. Like, I don't know if I, she's like, you get back in there and you show them what you're doing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're right. You know, okay, I got it, you know? Yeah. But I think the thing is, is that, you know, I've always been really determined and I've never taken no for an answer. And so, and it's not to say like that I can't accept. It's more like 
well, but why? It's the curiosity component. Like, yeah. well, how do we figure it out? So I knew when I was like at Mattel, that, that was my first, my last full-time corporate gig, right. right? When I started being, saying things like, well, okay, I've already run however many scenarios. Like, what do you want on the paper? Why don't you just tell me? Instead of me going through the process of going through this, you know, 10 times. Yeah. Five, just tell me what you want. Yeah. You know? And I knew when I stopped fighting for what I believed in that I needed to evaluate if this is what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you also incorporate many wellness modalities, as we briefly touched on earlier, into your coaching practice. Why have you decided to go to this go this route with your coaching as opposed to, as we mentioned, the typical coaching route where you have a coach for wellness, you have a coach for... Uh, life, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. we spoke about separating the two. Why have you decided to combine the two? Well, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a super spiritual being. And mm-hmm. I think part of owning that part of myself and mm-hmm. bringing those gifts forward were to make sure that I explored those modalities, not just by me using them, meaning like hiring a practitioner, for yeah. it, but by me actually accepting that I have these gifts, whether it be energetic healing or, you know, through yogic movement or through meditation, you know, that there are these modalities that you can incorporate that actually will only make you a better practitioner as a coach. So for example, you know, when you're in the middle of speaking with somebody and you can hear their cadence, like going crazy, like, you know, (laughs) so fast and so repetitive and, a way of slowing them down is actually taking them into a meditation or allowing them to just get silent Uh or allowing them to seek deeper. And instead of continuing to talk to them or asking them more questions, which might heighten the anxiety that's already present. Right. right? Right. Yeah. So what I've learned through the usage of these different tools, not only for myself, but in working with people, they're just, I think it's like uh, having a toolbox as a, you know, carpenter or a contractor is that you can just open the toolbox and be like, you know what, I'm feeling like this is something we need to address. And in coaching, everything is designed together, you know, so it's a question. I'm not going to start, you know, meditating with you unless you agree to meditate with me, you know, or that we try together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How have you found this method of coaching to have benefited your clients? And can you talk a bit about the different wellness modalities you incorporate? Yeah, absolutely. So I have found that it allows them to go deeper into their learning of themselves. And in addition, for them to find additional answers, because I believe the more introspective and reflective that you can be, the closer you get to an answer that you might be looking for, whether that be toward a goal or whether that be toward a specific behavioral pattern or an obstacle, maybe you're trying to address confidence, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. And breath is such a beautiful tool because it allows us to get out of our head, meaning out of our mind, right? And into our body. And the more we're allowed to address where we're feeling that emotion, Mm -hmm. the better that we can address 
what might be happening at the root of the obstacle that might not be helping us get there. So I found it super powerful. Like when I was explaining to you earlier that I did mind, body, spirit work with my women's groups. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, another way of me explaining that is saying using experiential learning. Okay. So we'll do a communications workshop and we're really talking about active listening But then what we do is we actually ground the learning in some sort of activity. The activity could be a a group activity or the activity could be something individual around journaling around a specific idea, for example, Mm -hmm. using active listening as the tool. Or, you know, we've done things like cake baking, you know, where, or cake decorating, where we have a specific theme on, you know, it's around female empowerment. And then the group of 10 women have to design a cake, Uh not bake it, but actually decorate the cake, you know, around this theme and then explain it. And so inevitably what you, you learn all these things about how to work with one another. And, you know, who's the leader, who's the person who's taking over, who's the person who actually, you know, sits back and is the introvert and is listening. But all of those tools and modalities give people more clues about themselves and how they work with themselves, number one, but also on a greater scale. Brilliant. I love that. I love that method. I love how you've combined the two and how in-depth it goes and, and how helpful that is to each individual. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's actually, you know, we do another thing that I do is just super interesting is these values cards. It's a little bit like playing Uno, but you can play with a partner, but you can play by yourself. And it's really, I swear to you, I'm going to market them. But uh, there, these cards were at the end, the goal is to pick your five top core values. And I swear to you, Brad, it's so transformational. When I see women play with these cards, I go, wow, like it's amazing, you know, because they're like learning, but they're having fun at the same time, but they're thinking about themselves. It asks, you know, helps them ask hard questions to themselves about what really is important to them and drives them, motivates them. That's amazing. Thank you. Can you talk to us a bit about your work with Beauty Counter and your role as a leader of over over 100 consultants there? Yeah, thank you so much for asking about that. I love talking about Beauty Counter. So, (laughs) and uh, and I'll have to send you some stuff because we have Counterman products actually. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, there's amazing men's products. So, yeah, so Beauty Counter I've been working on for about three years, and I have to say it has it helped me find my inner salesperson. So what I would say is most people, I'm sure you're going to say this to me, like, will meet me and be like, are you kidding me? You didn't know you were a salesperson, (laughs) (laughs) but I really didn't. Cause for me, connection is at the core of who I am. Right. And so how that came about or how I became a consultant, which by the way, has been, the gift that keeps giving and this amazing community of the most talented women, I have to Mm -hmm. say, Uh, anywhere between doctors and lawyers and moms and MBAs and, you know, assistants. I mean, so many different types of people are on my team, but really Greg Renfrew, who founded Beauty Counter, really had a simple mission is to bring safer products into the hands to all people. Uh And, The simple mission and the purpose-driven and the community component is what brings 
all these different types of talented women forward to work on this brand. So about three years ago, I was running girls groups at the time. Uh And my daughter had said to me, mom, one of the ways that girls connect is through the way they look. I said, Gabby, this is not about the way girls, women look, you know, I want them to transcend and be confident, but others, she's like, no, no, no. I'm saying our generation is all about a mission and purpose-driven and environmentally conscious and things like that. You might want to think about, you know, having somebody from beauty counter there. So I was like, huh, oh, that's very smart. Let me, <laughs> right. Different, yeah, different angle, sure. right. Perspective. Right. Yeah. So I said, let me call a friend of mine over there. That's a managing director and find out about it. So long and short is that my friend said, well, Michelle, I said, just send one of your consultants over. And she said, why would you leave money on the table? And I said, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> and <he's, laughs> I said, I don't have time to do it. And she's like, I'm just saying, why would you leave money on the table? And I said, okay, you know what? How much money do you make? (laughs) (laughs) I said, I'll play the game with you. How much money do you make? And she said, you know, she gave me a number and I was like, you're kidding me. I was like, are you serious? (laughs) I was like, no way. I said, well, all right, let me do this event, send this person and let me think about it. So I joined just after that. And like I said to you, It's been a really beautiful experience. It helped me find my inner salesperson. I've gained so many amazing additional skills to my portfolio. I never thought about being a direct in a direct to consumer or social selling brand. Uh And this is the products are amazing. I mean, it's like I've used so many expensive products through the years. I can't, I can't speak more highly about the opportunity and it is an opportunity. It's, you know, I would say this to anybody else who would be thinking about doing it. It's like, we're in the side gig economy right now. Yeah, We are in, we, in order, you know, people to retire need to have actually additional income coming in. Yeah, for sure. So why not? Yeah. You know, the, the question for me is more like, it's, it's my social responsibility to support people in having an additional, additional income. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, and I love my team. They've been great. And yeah, I love, I, I love making extra money. I'm like, oh, who doesn't? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now you're also a podcast host, as I mentioned, of a podcast called Opportunity Knocks. How long ago did you start the podcast? Oh, that's a great question. So I started the podcast in 2019. Okay. However, However, this is this really speaks to the audience. Exactly. This speaks to the audience of like, you start something and maybe it's not the right time. Yeah. So you let it go. Yeah. And then, and I was concerned about the amount of work a podcast would be. Right. And so I had to define how I wanted to launch it and what I wanted it to look like mm-hmm. and had to define that I wasn't necessarily going to follow the exact mold, right. To launch. Yeah. So I launched it in COVID actually. (laughs) And that really, for some reason gave me access to freedom of not caring about what it, that it wasn't perfect. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so I started in COVID because I wanted people to believe that there were opportunities out there. As we know, one in four women have left the workforce. So that goes back to the opportunity of Beauty Counter. But in addition, I was concerned that there wasn't a way for them to see 
how to give them hope that there's opportunities for them to look at. Right. And so I just started interviewing my network. I was like, okay, there's that, you know, entrepreneur that I know and this entrepreneur. And, and then it just sort of unraveled from there, but it's been a beautiful, another beautiful gift because I, like you, I love to speak to people and I love hearing their story. It's inspiring for me. It is. It is 100% inspiring. It's so amazing. Yeah. And it it motivates me to want to do more. You know, when I listen to these women, just like you, I'm sure. Yeah. It makes you really go, wow, like this is so impressive. If she could do it, I could do it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I pull inspiration from every single interview I do. Every woman has something inspiring to offer. And I I honestly, I do. I pull inspiration from every single woman's story. It's incredible. I love that. And then, and I agree with you. I think it's not even just every woman, by the way. I, I mean, I know that's both of our demographics, Yeah. but I believe it's like every person Yeah. Mm -hmm. that I love talking to people and kind of hearing their life story. And yeah, this is a modality for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the podcast all about? And, and, and as you've mentioned, it's interview style. Do you do solo episodes as well, or is it strictly interview? And what is the podcast all about? Yeah, that's a great question too. So the podcast is all about opportunities. So it's called okay. Opportunity Knocks yep. and it is on um, Spotify and Apple. Okay. And I also post it on IGTV, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Okay. And Instagram, of course, and Facebook. Yep. But the the podcast really is just very simple concept. It's all about opportunities. How do women make, take, create, and evaluate opportunities? And it's female entrepreneurs featured every week. And I usually release the interviews on Thursday. Okay. And, and like I said, it was really meant to give women hope to step into what it is that they really have been seeking to move forward on. And that really it's as simple as putting one foot in front of the other and to address their fears Yeah. and to move forward toward that goal. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to necessarily say, you know, first of all, empires aren't built overnight, no. you know? And so it's just taking that concept from an idea into an actual business plan or marketing plan or whatever it is that you're looking to create. What inspired you to start it though? Like where did the inspiration come from? Where did the idea come from to start a podcast? Well, like I said, uh, you and I really love talking to people. Mm -hmm. And I think that again, being a coach and one of the things about me is the interview is very coach style. So people will, you know, ask me, well, what are the questions you're going to want? me to answer and all of those things. But I feel like in a coaching conversation or in a coaching meeting, you never know what's going to show up. Right. And the magic is in not knowing what will show up. So the inspiration really is around like talking to people and understanding their story and finding the aha moments that helped them get to where they were today. So it's just kind of organic conversation. Just let it go where it, let the conversation flow where it goes. Yes. I mean, I have set questions that I send to them, of course, like you do. Yep. But it honestly, there's usually one signature question because I was, you know, like to use that as the quote that I will post about the person. Yep. 
However, really, it's, you know, there's been things that show up around the death of somebody's mother or uh-huh. a divorce or, yeah. you know, different pivotal moments that really uh, shaped that person's life. Yeah. Okay. Michelle, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Mm, I love that question. <laughs> I have a lot of superpowers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that show? What was that show where they had like Plastic Man or they each person had like a, you know, a different skill? Yep. Anyway, yeah. So honestly, like I believe one of my greatest superpowers is the ability to build community and connection. Okay. And one of my superpowers is also the ability to unravel someone's life story. Uh It's always a common joke, you know, with friends that they'll say, Oh, you know, I'll be talking to some stranger. And, you know, at our age, many people are like, I don't want to make new friends, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And I'll be talking to the person the entire evening. And my friends will say, Oh, I'm sure you got their whole life story. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I did. <laughs> all about them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I do love it. I really love uh, connecting with people. Mm-hmm. It's important to me. It, it feeds me. That's why COVID was so hard, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does success mean to you? You know, I think I believe success. I don't always, I think, you know, it's like, what is success? Right. You know, you're asking me that question. Right. Then, I mean, honestly, I ask myself that question a lot. What is success? Like success is based upon what you define it as. Like some people think of success as financial success. Some people think of success as, you know, the amount of fulfillment you have in your life, the happiness you have, your family, you know, all of those different things. But, you know, to me, I don't think it's any one component. It's success is a feeling, you know, that you've reached or achieved where you want to go or what you want to define for yourself. Like for me, success has never been defined by like a financial, you know, outcome. I remember leaving the corporate world and, uh, you know, going to, one of the things that somebody had recommended I might want to do is actually recruiting for like a large recruiting firm, like a mm-hmm. corn ferry or Spencer Stewart and all that, you know, to take these psychological profile tests. And one of the things that the profile test came out with was like, oh, you're not assertive enough, which I mean, anybody who knows me would be like, that's just crazy. <laughs> and, um, so the woman actually even said to me, she goes, I'm just, I'm shocked because this is not, I would never think this having talked to you. Yeah. So again, this kind of goes in, well, why do you put emphasis on psychological profile tests when they don't really tell you everything about the person anyways? But I said to her, I said, do you know what I think it is? It's because I didn't really value money. Like mm-hmm. I it's not that I don't value it, but I just, my belief system is around working hard and then it comes, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. It's not the so, motivator. Money's not the motivator. No. And so to me, success is based upon really being happy within your soul. Mm, okay. That's really, it's, I can't say it any deeper. It's like, if I, you know, for me, if I'm whole in my soul, then that is all we need. 
Yeah. Beautiful. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? Hmm. That's a great question. (laughs) I, I would say, you know, I'm super proud of what I developed with Empower and that when I look at these women that, you know, in 2019, when we ended the first round of groups, there were four women's groups that we had launched that many of them are transcending. They're actually putting into action what, what their purpose was. Right. And I think that that, you know, that makes me really happy. Like, you know, when somebody writes on, you know, the text chatter feed, like this wouldn't have been able to happen without you. And when I realized that like, then the curriculum was on point, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think one of the things that I've defined more recently, because I've been on some talks with like, with other women who have launched like women's communities Mm. is that, and this goes back to like, what's your superpower? What makes you different? It, is that I'm very high touch. You know, I really want to impact each person that I work with. Yeah. And I think when you get really, really big, that it's hard to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I think I'm most proud of that. And of course, I love my family. And Yes, of course. That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? So my very first boss out of college, his name was Robert Lazarus. Um, um, Unfortunately, he's passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he had a heart failure. But I will say he was my my greatest cheerleader Mm -hmm. and also the one who imparted the most wisdom to me. And he would always say, and it's simple, but he would always say, knowledge is power. Yes. Whatever comes across your desk or whatever is back then is the fax machine. (laughs) Yeah. The fax machine, he's like, read it. Yeah. Because whatever and any opportunity somebody gives you, take it. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know where that's going to lead you. You yeah, don't know right. what that conversation will guide you to. And he always was amazing at giving me opportunities that he would be very clear with me. He'd be like, this is not a job you're going to want to do for a long period of time, but I want you to take it on because you're going to learn this component of the business. And so I really, I really value him. And I feel like I learned so much in my first job, whereas most people, like, you know, I, I think I got promoted five times in five years or something, you know? Yeah. Because he believed in me Yeah, he knew. And, but it was also like, I was willing to invest. I was like, yeah, put my, put in the work and a work. Yeah, exactly. That's it. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? What makes me feel inspired? I love to learn. So, and I love learning through people or Mm -hmm. through experiences. So for example, somebody wrote me yesterday about this retreat with Joe Dispenza in Mexico. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Ooh, like I love to learn from experts. Yeah. It doesn't have to be somebody like famous or anything like that, but I love to, when people impart wisdom to me, and I have an aha moment, 
I love that. Like I go, Oh, wow. I want to use that or yeah. oh, that's super cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That inspires me and connection. Like, again, like connection inspires me. Like friends will always say like, why you don't need another community. Like why <laughs> you have so many friends. And I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's, but again, it's about learning Yeah, and educating myself. For sure. What yeah. would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? That's a really great one. That's one. Of, that one's a really good one. <laughs> I think that I'm going to actually restate it in terms of one of my challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Because I love to connect with people and I also love to be, I used to have a challenge around wanting to be liked all the time, right? right. And so in doing so, or being a pleaser, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think in doing so, I would not support my own self. Yeah. I would give up my power because of wanting to be liked, right? Yeah. So I think one of the things that I learned was not to give up my power, you know, that you can still stand for what you believe in, but... And that, that, and how important that is. Yes, absolutely. In standing up for what you want and how people will respect you for who you are Mm -hmm. because you're actually asking for what you want. Yeah. What would you say is one of your favorite quotes? Oh, Lord. (laughs) Lordy. What is one of my favorite quotes? I have so many, to be honest with you. I... I look for quotes like every single day. I use them. It's funny when you have so many, it's hard to think of one. (laughs) I know. It's so true. I love, how about if I pick like more of a, an author? I love, I love Maya Angelou. Yep. Like, you know, she really inspires me. Okay. I think also one of the things that I really respect about her is that she had to overcome so much adversity. Yeah. And I think that really, like, you know, that, again, I think this goes back to one of the things that I was mentioning earlier about not wanting to ever give up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, I mean, one of her quotes that she has is like, if you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. Mm -hmm. Love it. I I do believe it takes a little bit to get out of your comfort zone. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Michelle, what does the word empowerment mean to you? It's really about stepping into one's power, giving someone permission to take their purpose or their power and make it happen. Okay. We're going to do a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be one, two, three word answer type things. Okay. Sure. How would you describe yourself in one word? Kind. Money or fame? Mm, Interesting. Fame. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? How She Made It Happen. What's your favorite stress-reducing activity? Yoga or breath work. What is one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Love. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? Here She Comes. (laughs) (laughs) if you could teach the world one thing what would that be 
Can I say more than one word? Sure. Yeah. Uh, how to serve from your heart. Okay. It's really about, you know, serving with love and kindness. Okay. Entrepreneur life is? Ever changing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say chaotic. I yeah. was going to say, but I think like ever, you know, not, yeah, exactly. Ever changing. Hectic. Okay. My favorite way to unwind is? A good glass of wine. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Eradicate racism. Lastly, for the rapid fire, if you came with a warning label, what would yours say? say Can I say judgment? Yeah, sure. Of course. You can say whatever you want. Last one for the rapid fire. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Be careful of what you ask. (laughs) (laughs) You want the truth? Always, you'll always get the truth. Yeah, there we go. Michelle, tell me something about yourself that people would be surprised. She always has an opinion. opinion. Michelle, tell me something about yourself that people would be surprised to know or find out. I can be shy. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My mom, my mom and dad, I would say. So my mom basically, you know, is a strong, strong East German woman mm-hmm. and always believed that education was important. And, and she has a, she, she taught me how to serve really. Like that's when I talk, like, I honestly believe I was put on this earth to serve and in yeah. part, it's because of what she modeled for my sisters and I, and my dad is about the determination. Like he was always, like, he's super competitive sports yeah. as an athlete and all that, but he's also like in business, he was very competitive. What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? the investment of time. So I recently chose to sort of take back my power. Like we were saying earlier, like is that I needed after COVID it, I just need some self-care and time. So investing in like more, you know, physical activity, yeah. as well, you know, physical and wellness, like health, like yeah. an eating program and stuff like that. Yeah. What is your personal motto? It's like the first thing that came up was like live and let live. Yeah. It's, it's really about love them, love people where they're at, like accept and love people where they're at or find the good in all people. Mm -hmm. Find the good in all people is a good one, you know? Yeah. But find the good in all people and connect or don't be afraid to connect, you know? Cause I think there's a lot of people that like, you know, kind of judge people and then they're, it's like their own ego gets in the way versus yeah. I'm like, okay. you know, maybe it's about using curiosity All or right. I don't be curious. <laughs> <laughs> what is one common myth about your profession you'd like to debunk? Hmm. These are really good questions, man. Thank you. I love them. Thank you. Common myth is probably what's the value in coaching? Like almost people will choose a therapist over a coach because of the, the amount of education they basically have. Right. Right. However, I think coaches bring something different, like that you can reach an outcome with coaching. Yeah. You You can get to your goal with coaching. Okay. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? What's your limiting belief system? Okay. What's your limiting belief system, Michelle? (laughs) That it has to be hard in order to achieve it. 
if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Never stop yourself. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Hmm. That's a hard one. I like to keep you on your toes. I like it, brother. I would say, first and foremost, thank you so much all for impacting my life and coming coming today to celebrate all aspects of me. Thank you for accepting me and following me and supporting me in the way that I needed you to show up for all the years. Thank you for educating me and allowing me to serve you and touch your lives, to empower you to get to your goals and to unfold each layer of you that is this beautiful, whole soul. Beautiful. I'm forever grateful for our interactions and our experiences and know that I will meet you again. (laughs) Awesome. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your, a bit about your story and your journey with me and for being part of the empowerography community. I appreciate you. And I thank you. This has been an absolutely wonderful, inspiring conversation and, educational and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat. So thank you so much for taking the time oh, to be here today. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed this conversation and this has been a great way for me to get to know a little bit more about you as well. So, you know, in the way of, you can tell a lot by a person in the types of questions that they ask others. So thank you for seeing me and acknowledging me and having me be present for the Empowerography community, and I'm here to support you in any way. Thank you. It's been my absolute honor and pleasure having you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Michelle Valenzuela-Wolf. She is the founder and owner of Empower Purpose based in Los Angeles, California. Thank you so much, Michelle. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.